0: Welcome once again to Songs and Stories. I'm Michael Gaither, and this is Songs and Stories, episode number 135. I was thinking how I always say that the latest podcast episode is always my favorite, and without exception, this one is probably my favorite. Uh, today we're going to be talking to a guy who, uh, if you don't know his name, you definitely know his work. Uh, I had the chance to sit and talk with Girf Morlix uh, last week, as a matter of fact. Gurf uh, played locally at Treasures Roadhouse, TreasuresRoadhouse.com, you can find on the web. Our, our new local venue that's really like the nicest room in Santa Cruz, Canada, playing. Gurf played there, and then he stayed the night with us, we gave him a place to crash for the night, and... Um over beverages, and uh, a recorder heard a lot about his musical history and the people he's played with. Like I say, if you don't know his name, you know his work, and if even if you're a remote fan of uh, Americana music, you know and have probably heard Gurf play on more records than you probably realize. He was in Lucinda Williams' band for many years. He produced many of her early records. He's produced three from Robert Earl Keene. He's produced the last five records for Slade Cleaves. Um, besides being a utility player who plays everything with strings, he's also a fine, fine songwriter. And uh, ironically, even though he's been a musician his entire life, really, Gurf releasing solo projects is a relatively new thing. Um, he was in town um, to um, um, keep promoting and play songs from his latest record, Girf Morlicks Finds the Present Tense. He has a way with titles. He played songs from that as well as his tribute to the late Blaze Foley, who he'll talk about during this interview. fine, sort of unheralded songwriter who's actually coming into some providence after his after his passing away. Uh, and we talked about uh, his touring with Warren Zevon and some other great stories that I think I'll let just Gurf tell you for himself. And we'll cut right to that. Um, before we get started, if you're new to Songs and Stories, let you know that you can find out more about this podcast and my other podcasts at michaelgather.com That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L, G-A-I-T-H-E-R dot com. Look for the section on songs and stories number 135, and I'll have links to GERF's site as well as some of the people he's worked with and some of the things we're talking about during this interview. Let's kick it off with a couple of songs that he talks about during during the interview. We'll listen to uh, a song called Bang, Bang, Bang off his latest record, Gurf Morlicks Finds the Present Tense. Again, he has a way with song titles. And then we'll go back to an album called Last Exit to Happy Land and a song called Voice of Midnight. And I want to play that because during this talk, he was he was reminiscing about Jesse Winchester, who actually passed away on the day that we were being doing the interview. And he talks about it at a folk festival when Jesse Winchester sang the song with him, which was just a... Beautiful, sad, wonderful, haunting um, thing to kick this off with. So here's a bit of Bang Bang Bang, a little bit of Voice of Midnight, and Gurf Morlick's after a show at Treasures Roadhouse sitting around my kitchen table.
1: He had a horse named Trigger, a dog named Bullet, squinty eyes, and nerves of steel. He could rope and he could ride. Mesmerized, eyeballs glued to that TV screen. On a Saturday morning, we were thrilled to see how many bad guys Rock could kill. Bullets flying through the air, each one gonna land somewhere. Guns were firing, ricochets sang. Big old shoot 'em up. Following his code At 5 a.m. It was about to explode Standing up for a ride Or maybe wobbling a bit Shot down So deliberate Shot down Gone away Gone forever listen every day Bullets flying Through the air Each one gonna land somewhere sun would rise but the smoke would Spent trying to find a rhyme but now I'm falling through the holes of time where you've gone I can't see wherever that is I long to be whatever it takes to pull me through be complete till I'm with you When the voice, when the voice of midnight, midnight calls When the last hour when finally falls But it, it won't be, be no surprise I'll be searching Things that happen, they just do, without a reason, without a clue. You can wonder, till your time is through, but there ain't no good, that'll do for you. surprise
0: I'll be <laughs> here we go so let, let's keep it topical so you did it in the round at a festival with jesse winchester singing one of your songs one night
1: yeah it was a canadian folk festival and they all these canadian folk festivals are great and they they put a bunch of artists together like on all these stages in the daytime Mm -hmm. and they you know they start at 11 or 12 and they go up until the main stage happens at night and and they'll have four acts and they'll just say you know get together and do something together and jesse winchester was sitting next to me and uh, and i sang my song voice in midnight and i guess he liked it, and he started singing harmony with with me on it it just just killed me what a thrill that was and that
0: song is so just like beautiful and heart-wrenching
1: yeah it's heart-wrenching it's, for sure it's, it's a, a sad
0: beautiful song
1: a very yeah. special song I was I was lucky to get that one yeah uh, it took a really good friend of mine dying to get it but it, I was lucky to get the song
0: yeah.
1: and uh, and then to have him sing out he was he's such a, a special moment. human being
0: yeah, as we're talking we're just before I started the recorder going I was talking about how we you know Jesse Winchester passed away this morning
1: yeah very sad yeah special person yeah
0: Wow Amazing songwriter, and I'm glad I got to see him live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a treat. Yeah, and um, I know we were talking about this earlier too, but so, and we'll talk about about your music. But so, you toured with Warren Zevon. You worked with him a little I, bit. I toured with him in
1: 1990. Speaking of special people, we've lost. Yeah, another another person like no one else. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did a three. Which month... Might be good, but yeah, you know. it is good. Yeah, it's, it is good. You want you want personality, and mm-hmm. he had it in spades, and. Uh, I toured with him in 1990 for three months. Mm-hmm. It was just one tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, Warren was just a class act and, uh, and mm. he treated me really well. Good to hear. And he's got some songs that are as good as anybody could write. You know, I mean, yeah. you, you think about like Carmelita. Yeah. It's like, it's like it's as good a song as I've yeah, ever heard like in my per- life. It's a perfect know? song. Yeah, it is a perfect song. Yeah. I agree with that. And then he's got lots of them. I mean, he has. Yeah. There's all these songs that I love. Of his like, "Accidentally Like a Martyr" and "Desperados I, Under the Eaves." I think one of the and,
0: greatest rhymes ever is, um, I, if I get it right, and if California slips into the ocean, right. like the mystics, mystics and, and statistics, statistics say they will. First time I heard, I, I backed wow. up and going, "That is like the the best line like yeah. ever, ever, ever written." Only he could write that line. Yeah.
1: That's what yeah. I liked about him. He's. And he wasn't afraid to be weird, and
0: yeah, you know, as a sort of a it's sort of random, but it fits the conversation. Our German Shepherd is he's a very, very hyper rescue dog. And we first got him. My wife sent he to name him Warren because she goes, "He's an excitable boy." And I said, <laughs> "Have you listened to the song?" Yeah. <laughs> and I played it for. Her. She goes, yeah. well, "Let's not call him Warren." Yeah. <laughs> the thing I like about Zivon, too is like the, the song that I covered. I, I say this is that he could often be he could be very sentimental or very sarcastic in the same song and sometimes you weren't yeah. sure where he was going yeah. you weren't, actually weren't sure and he was just freaking brilliant at it
1: yeah. you know I, I think of Warren as a genius and I don't use that term a lot there I don't I mean there's a lot of really smart songwriters you know that, people that I think that write really great songs but I wouldn't necessarily call them a genius but Warren was a genius yeah. he, was, he was really special yeah. did you read the book I haven't, no. Oh, man. it's. I mean, I tore through it. Um, and it's more information about Warren than anyone would ever want to know. Yeah. But I couldn't put it down.
0: All the ins and
1: outs Jeez. and the good and the bad. Uh, and, uh, all the good and all the bad and, and lots of all of it. But he was such a unique
0: human being. Yeah. He was like nobody else. Yeah. That's an amazing book. So so for you, I wanted to be – we were talking about this place you played tonight, Treasure's Roadhouse, which is down the, the road from us here in Watsonville. and. You're like the first, you know, real big name who's played there. You brought in fifty people, and I mean, I think for a lot of people, I'm really, I'm not just saying this because I'm recording, but I think you kind of put that place on the map for a lot of people. They like, they came because of k because of you, probably the folks you worked with, because your name gets around, Mm -hmm. and they found this great venue, and you had a, seemed to have a really good night. It was it was a a really great night,
1: and I I. Had no idea what to expect. I thought I'm going to a roadhouse. You know? <laughs> it's going to
0: be noisy and messy be, and crappy. Be peanut and... <laughs> shells on
1: a on a cement floor, and and walked in and went, whoa, this mm-hmm. is classy. And uh, and uh, Born Archer did a great job. Yeah. It's a really nice place. The sound is great. It looks perfect. And...
0: Yeah. You walk in that place and it just feels and sounds really good.
1: Yeah. Well, he he did it right. He knew how to do that. Yeah. He's a smart yeah. fella. Yeah. yeah. Spread the word. Yeah, I plan to. That's, yeah. that's a that's a good gig. Yeah. So
0: you're talking about. So you're originally from New York.
1: Yeah, Buffalo, New York. Okay. Outside of Buffalo.
0: So is, is it a long way from there to Austin, Texas? What's kind of what, what was kind of your story to get that to get there?
1: Well, I, I wanted to get out of Buffalo, New York. It was it's too cold, you know, mm-hmm. snow. And, I mean, there's more snow in Buffalo than anywhere in the states, I think. You know, <laughs> you get this lake affects. At least when you're you shovel, like shoveling, shoveling. They have. They're at the end of Lake Erie, and the, the oh, okay. things come down Lake Erie and they hit land and they just dump it all. Uh-huh. And so they get more snow than anywhere I think yeah. in, in the states. And I just wanted to get out of there, and uh, and I wanted to play country music and rock and roll, and I couldn't find people that wanted to do that there. It was just very limiting. And and I heard about Austin. And mm. what year was this? 1975. Oh, okay. Beginning of '75. Mm. And man, Austin was on fire then. I I got down there and the, uh, I mean, Cosmic Cowboy scene, they were calling it, Mm -hmm. then was going on. And uh, I went to the Armadillo World Headquarters the first night I was there, and uh, new riders of the Purple Sage were playing. And I was, oh, man, this is great. Commander Cody showed up a week later. And and I was in a band within like a week or two and playing and making a good living. And uh, man, it was-
0: Actually working as a musician. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there was, uh, the, the town was just on fire, and there was, you, gigs paid $50, mm-hmm. and my rent was
0: $50. So back then, so it's, one funny, gig, it's, it's funny, because out here, that's kind of what a gigs that's kind of what a gig pays nowadays. That's kind of
1: what it pays in Austin nowadays, <laughs> yes, and like... your rent is $500,
0: <laughs>
1: but back then... And one gig would pay my rent. That's real money back then. And so I was playing 10, 15 times a month and just rolling in dough. It was great. You're actually
0: making a living as a
1: musician. Yeah. Making a decent living back then. And, you know, Austin is still a great place. It's a great music community and there's Uh great music there all the time, every night of the year. Uh, But it's hard for the musicians to make a living there. It's gotten expensive. Mm -hmm. It's it's becoming a rich person's town, it's a boom town.
0: And there's high tech around, and there's yeah. everything, yeah.
1: People are streaming in there, you know, every time there's a magazine article that says, you know, the best places to move to, Austin, always high on the list. But ditch. there goes the and, property values. Yep. It's a great place. It's yeah. The community is really amazing. The musical community is amazing. There's great restaurants, great geography, great um, There's great, great, great music yeah. scene, Great. Uh, great climate, I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I was there back and it was. I mean, it's been a long I, back there, like in ninety two, and we we're walking into a Tower Records and just looking at the local artist section, which was like the whole store. It's like, yeah. oh, I get it. Oh, okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really incredible. Yeah. So you've always been a songwriter. When did, I, I think I first really heard of you, i probably through k Pig, but you know, artists, I think you know through Lucinda Williams and being a Slate Cleese fan. When did yeah. when did producing really come along? Is it something you always kind of did, and when did you do it sort of officially become?
1: Yeah, I, you know, grew up playing in bands from the time I was, you know, 14 or something, and I was always the guy that could figure out how to work a tape recorder and Mm -hmm. knew where to put the microphones (laughs) to have it sound the best. It's a good uh,
0: place to start.
1: And then I started thinking, well, you know, I could produce records, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like it's not hard, it's common sense. Yeah. it does seem to be hard for most people. Right. But uh, Mm -hmm. it just seemed so easy to me. And... uh, I was playing with Lucinda Williams in uh, in LA in the in the late 80s and mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out a way to quit. It wasn't, you know, wasn't going very well. We were doing all these gigs, but it, we weren't making any money and and I was trying to figure out a way to tell her that I just didn't really want to do these gigs anymore. And then mm-hmm. she called me up one day and said, "Hey, we got a record deal." I got offered a record deal. Who's going to produce it?" And I said, "Well, I am." Mhm. I knew I could do it. Yeah. It wasn't a problem. Yeah. And so I sort of did it. I sort of slowly pulled my foot out of my
0: mouth and <laughs> uh, but I knew I could do it. It was yeah. it's, it's was that kind of you officially wearing the hat of producer like as an official yeah, title. Yeah, that was
1: the first credit, the first recording credit that I got. Mm-hmm. I'd done stuff like that before. Sure, yeah. I would produced stuff for Blaze Foley that hadn't come out as an album at that point, but I'd I'd been a producer, but but that was the first one that was actually released, and then that just got me more work. Yeah.
0: And which was, record was that? It
1: was just called Lucinda Williams. Okay. It, was, it came out on the Rough Trade label mm-hmm. in 1988, I think. Mm-hmm. 88 Did or Did you 89. work on Sweet and Old World as well? Yeah, I produced oh, that one too. That yeah. Yeah. Oh, my
0: God. Yeah.
1: Great songs and great... Yeah. And great Car Wheels, and, of course. Yeah, yeah, I I quit in the middle of Car Wheels. I, uh, that
0: was the record that took a long time.
1: <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I it got it got bogged way down and mm-hmm. it, through no fault of mine but I finally couldn't take it anymore and about halfway through it I quit
0: Is there a tactful way of describing what happened to that you can I'm just, I was curious I, I know that the story behind that record is that it, it took a long time to get done and when it when it was done it was really really good. It was
1: made two and a half times okay and there's was it kind of recorded scrapped recorded scrapped
0: yeah yeah.
1: Yeah, and for no good reason other than just she was not happy with herself, and oh, so, okay. so um, I figure, you know, like there's plenty of people out there who are great songwriters. Who music is music is supposed to be fun. So I mm-hmm. just, I realized that I wasn't having fun, and it, that's not worth it. So I I I bailed. I jumped ship, mm-hmm. and it was the best thing I ever did. Yeah, uh, it's. There's plenty of great songwriters out there. And, mm-hmm. and then after, when I did that, I was kind of thinking the phone would ring, and then the phone didn't ring. And then I thought, well, I need to be producing records. So I kind of put a studio in my house and uh-huh. started producing records. Uh-huh. And then the phone started ringing. So it worked
0: fine. And so since so then, you've worked with Slate Cleaves, Robert O'Keefe.
1: The list goes on and on. I mean, yeah. I. I mean, it started with Lucinda in 1988 and and then I put the studio in the house I quit I quit Lucinda's band in 96 uh-huh. and in, in uh, 99 I put the studio in my house and then from then on I just got really busy
0: so, uh-huh. so is your studio still in your house yeah. Yeah. Nice. yeah it's
1: just got you know some drums down at the end of the living room and uh, a bedroom for the control room and a Spare bedroom for the vocal room, sort of, and another spare bedroom for an amp room. And Sounds this. like Buddy Noah's house. Yep, same deal. His, yeah. his is a little more professional than mine, but <laughs> but same deal, yeah. yeah. Houses happen to sound really good, you know, especially if you get a house. My house has sauté sort of tile floors and a bunch of glass, and uh, the living room has a really great sound, and I hear it on every record that I make. Oh, nice. as soon as like a record will come on the radio I'll be driving along somewhere and a record will come on and i, I produce so many records now I was like I don't know who it is mm-hmm. but I know it's mine and I know it's my living room <laughs> and I have to wait until someone starts singing before I figure That's out funny. what it is but I, I hear the sound of my living room in every
0: record that I make the house is almost an instrument
1: yeah Man. well you know it's with a, with a recording studio, it's the same thing. It's like the sound of the room itself is the right. most important thing. It doesn't matter what sort of medium right. you're recording on. Yeah. The room, I mean, like this room sounds good. I can hear it. Mm-hmm. Know? Yeah. So there's, Which is uh, why these podcasts hard, around
0: the kitchen table come out <laughs> so nice. I always do them right yeah. here. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It's
1: I've, I've been in recording studios where the room wasn't any good. Uh-huh. And I walk in the room and clap
0: my hands. And I go, oh, this is... This is terrible. This is a terrible space. So to back up, how did you feel? Did you hear something? Because I, 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 I've, I've known I've, 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 I can do this now. When I walk into Treasure's Roadhouse, it, it's it there's it's got a it's not a there's a sound about that room that yep. just feels really really yeah. good. I agree. Every every room I walk into,
1: I'm aware of the sound of it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, if, if I'm thinking about it, I'll walk in and clap my hands or something. But yeah. but every room I walk into, I, it, people can be talking or whatever noises in there. I hear the yeah. ambience of the room, and I just immediately judge the room as as being a pleasing room or a not a pleasing room. And walked in that place tonight. And I went, ooh, this is gonna yeah. work great.
0: So you often do you often walk into someone's house thinking, I can record in here. Oh
1: yeah. yeah. I mean, I I before I said about about this. This yeah. little area right here. This, uh-huh. this. I mean, I my voice just sounds good echoing around this little room here. It's like
0: maybe I'll record here for the next one. You know, I, man,
1: <laughs> I'd, I'd sit right
0: here with an acoustic guitar. I might make you do that before the podcast. Yeah. It's it's so a, it's a good sound good sounding room. Nice. So we were talking. So we were talking before I. You know, I, I, we were talking earlier after the show, and then I thought I should get my recorder because I'm going to just waste all the good questions. Yeah. Um. What was my question? It's been a we'll long. edit this part out. I don't let it, it's too much work. <laughs> um, so so you've been, as a solo artist, that's relatively, you've been playing in bands for a long time, making good living back in the 70s, producing a lot of big Americana, K-Pig, fan favorite names, but Girf, the the solo song, that's relatively kind of new as far as going out with your records and touring. And...
1: Yeah, I, I, I made my first solo record in 2000. Uh-huh. And I think I wrote my first good song in about 2006. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I started a little early, but but I had a studio. All of a sudden, you know, the, yeah. the, the digital mm-hmm. revolution came along, and all of a sudden, everybody could make a record, and, and everyone mm-hmm. did. And, and so I often like,
0: say the, good, the cool thing about technology is that everybody can make a record. The bad thing is that. Everyone Everybody does. can make a record. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they
1: do. Um, yeah.
0: But once I started
1: writing songs, I've been writing, like, since I was nineteen or twenty or something. But once I wrote a song that I realized that people liked, it was it was it was a pretty much of a major breakthrough mm-hmm. for me. And then I, uh, then I wanted to go out and play them. Because right. when you get some songs like that that you know. People will respond to. Then it, it's kind of like it's kind of like riding a powerful horse or mm-hmm. something. You, you, you know, you can go out on any stage and play your song. And then it's
0: fun. It it's, goes back to being fun. It's
1: fun, and it's it's you have nothing to worry about because you have the song to fall back on. The song is powerful, and and hopefully you have more than one. But um, once I got a bunch of songs that I that. I, that people were telling me that they liked, then I just wanted to go anywhere that anyone was willing mm-hmm. to listen.
0: I get that, yeah. 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 And talk a little bit about Blaze. Oh man! Because I knew I, I I I I loved the record, um, and I knew you did the the film and and, the, and or you you toured with the film and did the record, but I didn't realize what a strong connection you had to Blaze until I watched your show tonight. I didn't realize
1: well, we there. were we were. Best friends. I yeah. mean, he lived with me for years, and mm-hmm. we played hundreds and hundreds of gigs together. And this uh, Blaze Foley was a um, another unique individual. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm, I'm attracted to these people <laughs> that are like no one else. And uh, and he was definitely one of a kind for all time, and a, and a great songwriter, and a great human being most of the time. Most of the time. Yeah. He you know, like said earlier, he had his problems, and he was homeless pretty much the whole time I knew him. Mm-hmm. And he became a pretty hardcore alcoholic and ended up getting murdered in 1989. And I, I really wasn't surprised when that happened. It was mm-hmm. very sad. And he was defending uh, somebody. Yeah, he defending an old man who was a drinking buddy of his from, from the guy's son who was a junkie and who was beating up his father and stealing his welfare or his social security checks and cashing them mm-hmm. and using the money for heroin and place just had this sense of justice. He 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 was not gonna let that happen uh-huh. and, it, and it killed him. His, uh, his he died literally. he died for his convictions. Yeah. Uh that's that's really commendable, but it didn't have to happen.
0: Yeah, yeah. And now his songs are getting out to be recorded by some gr- big people. It's
1: it's really making me feel good. that yeah. to Willie Nelson and Merle Haggard and Lyle Lovett and Nancy Griffith and John Prine and the Avett Brothers and the Kings of Leon, I think, are <laughs> oh, really? Blaze wow. fans. And yeah. like, I just keep hearing these people are discovering Blaze and it makes me feel so good. It's like,
0: now he's got a good legacy.
1: He was a great songwriter. Yeah. He just, he didn't pull out. He
0: had problems and he didn't pull out. Uh-huh. He might have, but he didn't. Uh, yeah. And earlier, you were talking about your new record, and I wanted to kind of close with that. You said that the new record has the lower body count. Yeah, I I made a conscious
1: effort. There was there was a lot of people dying on a lot of my songs. For <laughs> they're good some songs, of those though. I know they are, and and they they're not sad. No, uh, people die, but but there's a was message. bang
0: bang off of one off um, the, the new one or the last
1: bang one? bang bang is on the new one. Yeah, cause, yeah. yeah.
0: Nobody really dies in that. It's well, just sort of about it. Blaze yeah. dies in there. That you know and, and after you told the story, I'm like hey, Mitch, I didn't realize yeah. when I heard the song before I liked the song, but when yeah. you after hearing about Blaze and hearing that song it just Yeah.
1: And and it, and it yeah. and, you know, it talks about talks about Roy Rogers, you know, shooting people every Saturday morning, you mm-hmm. know. So, so those yeah, those people were dying yeah. every weekend.
0: That's your kid cowboy song. Yeah.
1: And then, you know mm-hmm. and then the, the last verse, you know, we're we're shooting people all over the place for, for hardly any reason, you know. Yeah. Coming in my yard, oh, I'm going to kill you. Right. That, to me, is insane, you know. Yeah. But, but it's the way it is, and it's not going to go away anytime soon, so we just need to figure out how to deal with it. Yeah, We have a gun violence problem in America. And I, I'm like not, you
0: were saying, no matter what side of the fence you're, you're on, you can't not admit to that.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, we have a gun violence problem. We got to solve that. Yeah, uh, we, we we don't have to worry about the gun problem. We have to worry about the gun violence, violence problem.
0: Yeah. It's a nice way of qualifying it too. Yeah, yeah. But the new record is the Phil good album of two thousand thirteen. Ah, yeah. Well, it's
1: you know, it's it's like I said on, on stage tonight. There is yeah. a message, and the message is to not waste your time. There's yeah. there's. It's, it's a call to arms to do it now because yeah. life is fleeting. Yeah, yeah, And it can go away in a split second. Uh-huh. And, uh, it can go away with one little bad decision or it can go away with one little bad stroke of luck. And, and uh, so that's, that's the message. Do it now. Yeah. Don't waste your time. Don't sit home watching TV when someone asks you to go somewhere. Right, you know, it's right. like someone, someone a, a human being asks you to go do something you owe it to that other human being to go do it, yeah, whatever go, it is. Go see a
0: friend. Go to yeah. a live show. Go yeah. do something. Yep. Yeah. 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 Do you have one more song in you for tonight? I could probably be coerced. Okay. We have more beer. Would that work?
1: There's beer. <laughs> There's more. You didn't tell me there was beer here. <laughs> Get your guitar. We'll do one more. Okay.
0: Either Clay Pigeons or something off your new record. Anything you'd like. Let me think what's on the new record. Oh, I like I like Clay Pigeons. Okay. Speaking of Blaze Foley.
1: Uh. Oh. Capo. Let's see if I can figure
0: out how to work this thing. Oh. Griff is playing my Blue Ridge. J45 Gibson Knockoff. <laughs> you want to talk about this song or just play? It? I'll talk about it. Um, yeah. I love this song. And actually, before you start, for me, you know, it sounds like a, a song that John Prine wrote. Well, a friend of mine in Austin
1: <clears throat> gave this tape of Blaze's song "Clay Pigeons" to John Prine, and he listened to it and he said, "I don't remember writing that song." <laughs> and then found out that he had he and Blaze had met at one point. He didn't really remember it, but uh-huh. they, they had met in Georgia one time a long time ago. And uh, and he recorded on am Cryon recorded it on his Fair and Square album. Yeah, and, uh, I think it's a really amazing thing. That I mean, he doesn't need to record anyone else's songs. You know? Right, he's, right. He's a he's the, he doesn't as, cover many songs. He's as good a songwriter as we got, and he thought enough of Blades' song to yep. to record it. So, uh, so this is Clay Pigeons. I'm going down to the Greyhound station, gonna get a ticket to ride, find a big fat lady with two or three kids and sit down by her side, ride till the sun comes up and down around me about two or three times, smoking cigarettes in a last seat, try to hide my sorrow from the people I meet and get along with. Go down where people say y'all Sing a song with a friend Change the shape that I'm in Get back in the game and start playing again I like to stay but I might have to go And start over again Might go back down to Texas Might go to some place that I've never been Get up in the morning Go out at night, I won't have to go home. Get used to being alone. Change the word of this song. Start singing. I'm tired of running around looking for answers To questions that I already know I could build me a castle of memories Just to have somewhere to go Count the days and the nights It takes to get back in the saddle again Feed the pigeons some clay. Turn the night into day And start talking again when I know what to say I'm going down to the Greyhound station, gonna get a ticket to ride, find a big fat lady with two or three kids and sit down by her side, ride till the sun comes up and down around me about two or three times, smoking cigarettes in the last seat, try to hide my sorrow from the people I meet and get along. Go down where people say, y'all, feed the pigeons some clay, turn the night into day, and start talking again when I know what to say. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's just me. I had one last question, then we'll, then we'll wrap it up. But um, I was watching your feet tap. Can you talk about the percussion thing you do when you play live? Because it's a great sound. and It really just fills up what you do. And it gives you, I, I, yeah. as a guitar player, I noticed that it's nice because you can keep the rhythm going and it gives you room to do lead without dropping the, the rhythm. Yeah. When did that I, come along? Well, I always was
1: stomping my feet. Okay. Um, stomping really hard sometimes if I needed to, and mm-hmm. uh, I thought, well, I should just, I should use that for something. Mm-hmm. And that's part of it. And then I I uh, came across, there, there's a few things that people make now that, um, that you plug in and run through a PA system, right. and they actually right, right. happen to sound really good. And uh, then I came across these... Uh, I have these two things that I stand on, and they're called the knock box, uh, mm-hmm. one under each foot, and they're made by a company called Swan Percussion that's in Wimberley, Texas. Mm-hmm. And they're both the same sound. I mean, they're identical, but I EQ them differently. Because so the one had a snare one sound, one sounds, sound more like a... One sounds kind of like a big, deep kick drum, hopefully, yeah. and the other one sounds kind of like a snare with the snare off. mm mm-hmm. Yeah, so I got a boom chick going on. Yeah, it's really so cool. I am doing that no matter. I mean, I was doing that here on in the your floor. in your kitchen, but yeah. uh, I'm doing it all the time and, in this and, good sounding room. Yeah. And those things just happen to sound great. And I can stand up on them. Standing up is always better than sitting mm-hmm. down when you're singing. And, Absolutely. And, yeah. and playing and uh, and I just love those things.
0: Nice. I'll find them. I'll link them to the podcast notes too. Yeah, there's
1: a there's a link on my website. Okay, to, uh, I'll take to they're nice. called the knockbox, and by
0: Swan Percussion. Perfect. So you're all d- you're all done um, kicking for the night. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Good talking to you. Yeah. Appreciate thanks, Michael. It was great. Cheers. Okay. That was really fun. I didn't mention this earlier earlier in the episode, but um, the day that group played and came over happened to just coincidentally fall on my birthday this year so for my birthday i got to go to a very cool show at a very cool local venue and then hang out with one of austin's finest and hear about his own music as well as stories about jesse winchester and warren Zevon. so it was very very cool so Gurf, if you're listening thank you for your time and for hanging out it was it was very inspiring and way fun Uh, For those of you listening, a couple of things, too. Uh, If you didn't catch that when I played the clip of Bang, 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 that second verse is very much about Blaze Foley. So go back in the podcast and listen to Bang, 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 or go buy a copy of um, Gurf's latest record, which you can find a link to in the podcast notes for this at michaelgaither.com. The new record is called "Gurf Morlicks Finds the Present Tense. Great music, great songs, and just a just a really cool guy to hang out with and I really appreciate the time that I had. So that is Gurf Morlix. You can also find Gurf Morlix at Gurfmorlicks.com. It's G-U-R-F-M-O-R-L-I-X. Pretty hard to misspell, pretty unique name. Uh, so that's it for the Girf Morlix interview. Thank you for listening, whether you found this on michaelgather.com or a Twitter or a Facebook or one of the inter- interweb feeds out there somewhere, or if you got it from iTunes, or if you're listening on KC Cafe Radio or Grateful Dread Radio, which is now based in Nashville. They've moved to Nashville recently, so it's this is, this is getting out there. So every, however you found this and learned about Girf, Thanks for tuning in, downloading, streaming, whatever the proper terminology is for this, this techie stuff. Uh, you know, really happy to bring people um, to you and interview them. And I learn a lot too. And it's really, really fun and inspiring for me. So coming up next on songs and stories, uh, we're probably going to go back to Treasures Roadhouse. I've been talking to Born Archer about actually just sitting out there and talking about where Treasures came from. I've talked about it a couple times on this show, so I think the next episode will be a look at a a local venue and how it kind of how a building that used to be a stove company and a Curves Women's Fitness Center became the finest room to play in in Santa Cruz County. So that'll be coming up very soon on Songs and Stories. And you can listen wherever you found this or subscribe on iTunes. And you'll hear that as soon as it's available, probably in a few weeks. So once again, I'm Michael Gaither. This is Songs and Stories. If you have any comments about this episode or any of these episodes, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, and in fact, if you send me an email and just give me your commentary, I'll send you back a free MP3. I'd love to hear some feedback. Michael at michaelgaither.com is the email address. You can find the podcast at michaelgather.com M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-A-I-T-H-E-R.com. And once again, to learn more about Gurf Morlex, you can go to my site and look for Songs and Stories 135, or go to G-U-R-F-M-O-R-L-I-X.com, girfmorlex.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you next time on Songs and Stories. Take care.